Welcome back to CodingCat.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Here is Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode brought to you by Storyblock. Build anything and publish everywhere. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coding Cat Dev podcast. I am Brittany Postma, and unfortunately, Alex is not here with us today, but I am joined by the lovely Matthew Phillips. Thank you so much for being here, Matthew. How are you I'll, I'll be your co-host today. No yes, I, I love having somebody to talk to and to play off of. I don't know, these solo streams, if you ever try to do solo streams, uh, it's, yeah. I, I can't anymore. I don't know. My nerves yeah. just, I get too yeah. flustered and distracted by things. But yeah, uh, let's find out a little more about you. And I know today we're going to be talking about Astro 2.0. But before we dive straight into that, let's find out like how you came to be involved with Astro. Okay. Uh, yeah, always these kinds of questions are always difficult. It's like, what do I start off with like, oh, I was born in a small town. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, well, I guess probably web, web, web dev. How did I get involved in web dev and, and kind of tooling? Um I've probably been, I've been involved, I would say, like the last 10 years or so in, in front-end tooling. Uh, come from local Kentucky, uh, very like enterprise-y sort of like tech scene. So like not a lot of web dev, not a lot of like fun stuff. So doing a lot of that on my on the, on the side for fun. Um, little, I thought I caught the accent in there. I'm from Georgia. Yes. So I yes. caught a little bit. Oh, I can hear yours too a little bit. Yeah, it's for, for me, it's the I, like ice. Like I, I think that did okay there, but like normally it would yeah, just kind of like drive that, that one out. A bit. Yeah, yep. I know, I know, and I think I'm like pretty good for for most Kentuckians. Like it's okay, but when I'm around people who are not from here, it definitely comes out. Um, exactly. I've lived but, away yes. for a while, and I'm hoping that I'm kind of like losing it a little bit. <laughs> I didn't until you said something. I didn't know, so yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Any anyway, so yeah, uh, I guess I was I. I, I kind of came into web kind of late jQuery era, like when you know, when jQuery was still very popular. Um, eventually, I wound up working for this company called Batovi, and they they built a lot of like JavaScript tooling and stuff. Like they had this framework called CanJS, which was popular. Um, it's kind of it's most popular around kind of backbone era. Um, okay. So I, I worked on that in open source for for several years. Uh, so I got a lot of experience just, you know, working kind of in the, this ecosystem that I'm still at today. Um, eventually, I wound up with, before Astro, um, Fred, who's the, the founder of Astro, uh, he started a company called Skypack, which was a, a CDN, um, still still is out there. Um, so what Skypack does is it allows you to, like, load NPM modules in the browser, essentially. Uh, you get a URL for, like, React instead of having to, to, to use a bundler. Um, so yeah, I was hired, I kind of, I knew Fred a little bit from just, you know, from the industry. Um, and he was, he was hiring and I applied and I was like, I, I had done some module stuff in the past. I, I'd worked on some, uh, open source module projects. Uh, so I had pretty good experience with that. So it just felt like a good fit. I was, I was looking for like kind of a little bit of a change in, in career and yeah, we'd worked on that and it was probably only like, I don't know, like four months later, four or five months later that we started working on Astro. Yeah, um, so all the way back in the Skypack days, and that yeah. was before Snowpack, right? Uh, I, I believe the timeline is Snowpack was before Skypack. Oh, okay, so Snowpack <laughs> yeah. and then Skypack and then Astro. Yeah, it was kind of a, I, I, I might be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure Fred started with Pika, which was kind of like, it was something that as a, a library author you might use, which kind of builds your packages to work on the web, but also to work okay. kind of, it was kind of a, a bundling tool a little bit. Uh, he started with that and he had a kid, few different little projects he worked on. Um, and I think Snowpack, Snowpack was, for those who don't know, was a lot like V is now. If you're familiar with V, it was pretty much a predecessor to that. Uh, in a lot of ways, it was a dev server to allow you to use, you know, NPM packages. Um, and then Skypack came around, I don't know, I should probably ask him, but I, I think it came after, a little bit after. Um, and that was like ES modules, like basically getting the URL for the browser yeah. of the package rather than yeah. having to download through Node. Yeah, and 
uh, Skypack uses Snowpack like in 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 the back end, so that's why I say I'm pretty sure it came before. Yeah, you're probably uses, right. I'm just getting my timelines um, mixed up, so no worries. You have more experience than me. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I think it was probably like four months later. Um, we had this problem with Skypack. Well, there was a there was a there was a couple things. Um, Skypack, you know, you you could use the modules in the browser, but if you actually wanted to ship that to like a production application. That was a little tricky to do. Uh, so we had these things called, they were, they were like a, a pinned URL. You could think of it as like a frozen URL. Okay. Essentially, it's a, it's a URL that, that is guaranteed. It's like it was cached in Cloudflare, never would change. It should be very fast. Uh, whereas in, when um, you just use kind of our regular Skypack URLs, there was a lot of stuff that happened in development. Like you'd have to like, oh, figure out, oh, you want React? Well, here's, let me, find, let me figure out what the newest version of React is and make sure I pull that. Uh, anyways, so kind of what we were doing is we're trying to figure out a, a way to kind of get it so that people could use Skypack in production. Um, and then there was another problem that was happening at the time where browsers were changing how, how they handled CDNs. Um, so one of the big advantages to a shared CDN that used to be is that the idea was, okay, you have this URL to jQuery, like back in the day. Everyone is using jQuery, so we can just, the browser is going to already have jQuery cached, right? That, that was kind of the idea. It should be faster. Uh, but browsers change that. And I, I, might, be, I didn't, might begin the exact, the exact details of this wrong, but I believe what they did is they made it so that a URL is only cached per, per domain. Um, so that means you no longer had a shared cache. So the advantage of using CDNs, shared mm -hmm. CDNs kind of went away. Um, so we were like trying to think, well, what, what can we do with Skypack that's going to make it easier for people to use? And one of our ideas was, well, you know, Skypack is really this optimization tool. So what if we knew about a user's application itself? We could actually optimize their application. And we're like, well, we have this whole user base of Snowpack users. And like we know a lot about how their stuff works. You know, we, we bundle it. So what if we got Snowpack users like use us as a host? That was, you know, this is just one idea. So like we could be a static host, but a static host that like knows about your source code. So it can do cool stuff like, for example, let's say you're using Google Fonts. Uh, well, Google Fonts is hosted on another domain. There's like a, this whole pre-connect thing you got to do, which mm -hmm. is kind of weird. Like we could actually optimize that, you know, for you. We could like pull it locally, have it cache on a, on a really fast CDN, that sort of thing. Um, so anyways, that was, that was kind of one of the ideas that we are floating around. And I think around, I think he, he's never said this explicitly, but I think Fred always had the idea to do a static site generator kind of in the back of his head. Uh, when they built the Snowpack website, they used Eleventy, um, and that was very, very fast. But uh, I think there were some things that he had trouble with with it. Uh, particularly, it was hard to like use Snowpack and Eleventy together. Okay. Uh, was one of one of the things he struggled with, and so I think he always had it in the back of the mind, back of his mind, to build a static site generator. But we didn't actually, when we started working on the project that became Astro, we didn't say we're building a static site generator. We were doing this kind of weird hosting thing um, that eventually we're like, oh hey, there's also this thing called partial hydration, which I, we, we should explain that here in a second. But yeah, um, <laughs> we. Yeah, I'm probably throwing out all kinds of like very technical stuff that maybe some people don't understand. But anyways, there was this idea. We were like, we want to play around with this. Oh, what if we knew about components? What if you had components in your HTML? We could we could do cool stuff with that, right? And so, oh, long story short, that became Astro. <laughs> and eventually, we were like, hey, this this we can make we could just build stack sites with this, and that's kind of what happened. It kind of like came out just trying to optimize all of these things that we do as developers and trying to figure out how best to do that. And so yeah. the answer was just create your own framework that can do all of that for you, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, one of the things that people like about Astro is that Astro, you can use any framework you like with it, right? Like we're not opinionated about what framework you use. And and that came from exactly that. It's like, we were like, well, we have these Snowpack users. They use all sorts of things. So we can't say, oh, you have to use this particular DOM library, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was like, really like, yeah, we, we don't know exactly about what you're doing. We, we know some things, but we, we're not so opinionated. Uh, we don't, and we don't want to be. Um, so, yeah. 
So initially getting started with Astro, what would you say was kind of the high level mindset of what the goal was with Astro? Uh, when we released Astro? Yeah. So I know yeah. it's, it's changed a little bit over time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, really the biggest goal that we had is there was at the time there was this kind of, there was these two different worlds of the way people built static sites where uh, some people really, you know, people really love components and, and people were using tools like Gatsby, which, which was, which is a tool to allow you to use React components to build static websites. Um, and then some people use like 11 D and the, those were like very different uh, mind frames, I'd, I'd say. Uh, 11 D gave you like complete control over every, every, piece of HTML that gets rendered. And because of that, it was very, it's, it is very efficient. It, it creates very efficient websites. Gatsby, I, I'm gonna pick on Gatsby, but tools like that are, uh, it's, it's to some people more user-friendly. Um, Especially they, after the news yesterday, right? Oh yeah. Was that a little <laughs> surprising? Yeah, I'm not really trying to pick on Gatsby's uh, gotten a lot better in a lot of ways, but one problem it had at the time and I shouldn't just say that, but the other other tools as well, uh, is that because they come from like this front end world, all this JavaScript comes with comes with it, um, and it's for the most part not really JavaScript you use. You know, like you build, uh, I don't know, like you have this sidebar widget or something, and it's like it's not interactive at all. It's just like a list of 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 your navigation for your website, right? Yeah. Uh, but because of the technology you chose to use. Now you have to load all this JavaScript on the front end as well. Um, so we didn't, we never, never liked that. And that's one of the reasons why we use things like Levity because you have, you know, a lot more control over that. Uh, so yeah, we wanted to, to kind of build those two worlds, like kind of the, the nice developer, developer experience of, of using components and being able to use your framework of choice with kind of like the, the most efficient output possible of just like. You were around for that initial release. So. Yes. Saying as a framework too that oh I'm going to support everything under the sun like React, Vue, Spell, all of these frameworks, that had yeah. to be difficult, right? I uh, I mean it was it yeah it was a little difficult, but it was also like I mean we were always going to do that. There wasn't core <laughs> fundamental like need yeah. for the framework to have that. Yeah, it was just like like we're not going to pick pick a framework and, or we're not going to build our own. Like that's just way too much work. Like we want to stay out of, out of, out of that decision-making, mm -hmm. uh, stay out of the front end altogether, I guess was another thing is that one thing that is a little bit different about Astro versus a lot of uh, alternatives is that it doesn't really do much on the front end. Like it, it mostly is a backend framework that allows you to like use components that you want on the front end, but once you're using a component, a framework component, like a view component, like you're in view world at that point, like we don't have anything, uh, we don't have any so control at, over that. At that point, kind of the spa functionality of the framework takes over or what, how does yeah, exactly. that work? Okay. Yeah, so we have these things called islands. And tell me if, 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 if we should start showing like some code at any point. Um, we can do that because that, that can kind of show it off. But yeah, uh, let's let's do that. do that. Do it that way. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say we're getting into some like some technical some enough stuff that more technical. Would, yeah. Yeah, it's like just me like saying words is not really gonna answer. <laughs> a lot of All questions. right. Are you ready for uh, me to show your screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell me. I'm sure I need to bump up the font even more. Um, I need to make my screen bigger too. Let's when see. Things. That's All that's right. pretty good. I can see that. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Okay. All right. So the create an Astro project, uh, you do NPM init. Let's see if I get this right. Yeah. Uh, Astro at latest. And then I'm going to use a template. So I think I think this is going to work. And you know, um, while these node modules are installing too, I'm going to do our ad break. So once you get that going, I think perfect. I'll go ahead and do our ad break and we'll come back and show off the demo. Okay. Yep. All right, I can find it. How in the world could I forget about this? There's no need to freak out. We have Storyblock. Robert, you're right. But we still need a plan. Okay, how much time do we have left until the launch? 24 hours. Okay, let's go.
We are ready to publish. So let's get this baby online. Thank you so much, Storyblock. I love awesome. I love when the music plays. I'm always like in the background, like bouncing. It's good. That's, was that Storyblock? Storyblock, yeah. Yeah, they're one of our uh, one of our I don't call it a sponsor, one of our partners. Our partners, yeah. yeah awesome yeah. timing. Love, love story block. Um, okay, so yeah, where were we going to get into? Okay, so an astro, this is an astro project. Um, I ran NPM init, astro at latest, passed in a template, and that told it that I want to use the blog template. Um, this is a very typical setup. Um, so what's this is an astro template that is um, you can grab yep. off of their site and. Yes, if you just run this command, we can can uh, share that blog template pretty quickly. Yeah, it sends up you know in in the time it took for that ad to go, uh, and this is what the website looks like. Can you see my browser tab? Yes. Um, got the blog section, got about section, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so what we have here is we have the use of components. So yeah, I guess maybe taking a step back, an Astro project has a source folder. It always has a pages folder as well. Um, these are really, this is really the only folder that you need. Uh, you can have an Astro project that just has a pages folder and, and, and some files and, and nothing else. And is that um, the routing folder? Would it be page-based yeah. routing? Yeah, yeah, so if you're familiar with, I yeah, say. familiar with Next.js or Levity, uh, a lot of those, um, I believe Remix, they all, they work very similarly. Yeah. Um, so, so inside pages, any files you have become routes. Um, so there's a couple formats here. We have a, a markdown file. Uh, so you can use markdown as a page, or you can use astro files, which is our own syntax uh, as well. So uh, this is this one of the things that I love about astro is that you can use markdown just out of the box. You don't have to install anything extra with it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, and. Uh, so with Astro, when, with an Astro page, you're actually defining the entire HTML structure, uh, which is a little different from, from a lot of other framework-oriented things where uh, you tend to like focus on the component um, and then use like layouts to determine what the page what the page is. But uh, in Astro, you can actually have full control over the pages, and layouts are just kind of like a component. Um, so uh, what I mean by that is like for example, in this Markdown file, like there's a special layout property. Uh, and what that does is it tells Astro that for this particular blog post, find this file, which is just right here. Um, and this is the HTML structure. And this thing actually gets in the blog post and it injects it. Um, and it injects that head section based yeah, on the you got full control. Yes, exactly. You got you got full control over, over, over everything. Uh, but let's take a step back from that real quick. Uh, in just like a regular Astro page, you, you can use components, which are other, can be other Astro files, um, or they could be framework components. Uh, for example, here is we have like this base head component. Um, and this is just a way that we're using to like add some common meta tags and the title, uh, stuff that would go in your head. Mm -hmm. uh, by doing it this way, we can reuse this in like other pages or, or other layout so components. Could you do that with the doc type too? Could you include the doc type in the component and then pull in just the component? Uh, yes, you can do that. So that's kind of what's happening in this layout. This, this layout is actually just the component. It's missing the doc type. Um, so yeah, uh, the uh, Astro pages are, are not really any different from Astro components. Like you can kind of compose things however you want. Okay. Um, so yeah, this 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 thing could actually pull in a layout. I wouldn't want to pull in this one, but it could pull in a layout and like use that and like have your actual HTML structure there. Yeah, so um, you wouldn't have to type that on every single page. That's kind of what I was wondering yeah. is if that was a requirement or not. Yeah, a lot of people do that is they'll do something like this. They'll say layout, and then we have these things called slots. Yep, which um, is very familiar in the Svelte world. Yeah, so you might do um, slot equals head or something like that. Mm 
Um, and then layout is going to is going to basically decide where to inject this inside. Probably head is not the right thing to do here. Uh, but actually, we have something called a fragment, which is just kind of. Spelt does it with slot and then name equals head. So I don't know if that's. Yeah. No. Well, that's that's too. In I, I'm not super familiar with with Spelt, but Astro used the slot element to inject the thing. Mm -hmm. So like the inside the layout, like for example here, it's using because it wants to put it wants to put its slot there. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and this could be a name as well. This could be like name equals body. And then um, that gives the slot a name. And um, yeah. that tells the component where to inject the information, the data. Right. Well, this is the component telling, it's saying, I want my slot to go here. On kind of the consuming side, you use the slot attribute to yep. tell it. This is the head slot. We're basically, we're basically like passing a property into the layout component, essentially yeah. what's happening. Gotcha. Uh, so anyways, yeah, that, that's that's one, that's a very common way to do layouts. Um, but anyways, yeah, so you have components here, like we have a header component. Um, this is an Astro component. This could be a JSX component or like a React component or a Svelte component. Um, what makes any, any the .astro file extension different? What does the .astro do rather than an HTML file? extension uh rather than html well the, the difference between astro and html is the ability to like have this what we call it this front matter section mm -hmm. um so everything in between these uh slashes is, is is javascript typescript so you can um you know do whatever you need here um, you can run javascript and use that information kind of inside of your template Okay. Um, so we have a title. We can pass the title around, uh, that sort of thing. And what, what makes Astro different from, uh, like, framework components, an Astro component, is, uh, number one, it just renders HTML. It doesn't run in the client. Uh, and number two, you can create what, what we call islands, which is a way to, to render some component um, in the client. So, like, let's say we had a counter component. We don't actually have one, so this is gonna gonna get. We all hear a lot about islands architecture, so I'm glad you're diving into that. Okay, uh, it's gonna get some red squigglies. Maybe I, I can actually write one if we have if we have time. Uh, but essentially, what you do is any component that you import, any, any non-astro component, I should say, you can you can add this client colon, um, and what that does is it tells Astro that this component needs to run in the client, um, and Astro will actually like go through the process of uh, loading that for you so you don't have to load it yourself and then injecting it um, kind of it, it adds itself as like a placeholder in the page um, and it injects itself kind of in that placeholder um, so just bring this up you can see where there's different there's different types of client uh, we, we call these um, directives mm -hmm. um, basically a way to tell astro how you want the component to load so we have like load says, I want this component to load like on page load. Okay. Uh, you can also say idle. And what that will do is it uses um, this API that will wait until like the CPU is not busy. Um, so like, for example, if you have like, uh, if you were rendering a list of a hundred components and that might be a lot of work. And so idle is a way to say like, Hey, this component, needs to run like quickly, but it's kind of slightly lower priority. So if there's you know, other things, you have a bunch of things using client load, those things will go first, IDLE will go after. Gotcha. Um, we also have visible. And what this does is, um, let's say, let's, let's just use this one. Um, if you were to put this like down here at the bottom of the page, what that would do is that um, this wouldn't actually load the counter until you until the user scrolled down to there. Does that um, use like intersection observer or? Yeah, yeah, uses that. Um, so yeah, that that's useful for you know if you have a site with like oh you have a header and that header has like some drop down and stuff like that. That's that stuff. You, that, that's the first thing the user is going to see. So you want to load that stuff quickly. But maybe you have something further down the page that's like a tabs widget or something like that. Um, the user doesn't need 
doesn't need to load that right away. So anyways, th these are all ways to prioritize uh, how you yeah. load things. Uh, we also have a client only. What that will do is it will only load it in the client. It won't actually render it server side. Um, and we have a media as well, which that, that allows you to pass in a media query. So you could say, um, I don't, I don't even remember my media queries right now. But, oh, you know, that's you not for images. I was thinking for images, but that's a media query. No, no, yeah, media okay. query. So, yeah, you say, like, min, min width is greater than 168 pixels or something like that. And it's going to load it. Yeah, it's only going to load it. Yeah, so use case for this one, I've used this a few times, is um, if, you ever, if you ever develop, like, a responsive website where um, you might have, like uh, a slide-in menu on, on the mobile view. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that slide-in menu is only really for mobile, so there's no reason to ever load that um, in, like, desktop. That's uh, really so you, nice, actually. Yes, yeah, so it allows you to do that kind of thing. Uh, you want to have some stuff that, that just never loads in some, in some, uh, some context. And we're talking a little bit here about, like, server and client and where things are loading. So let's talk rendering for a minute because yes. I know Astro originally launched as a static site generator. Yep. And then these things would load on the client and run JavaScript in the browser, right? So yep. Yep. in Astro 2.0 now, are we able to do, like, this server-side rendering? Is there hybrid rendering? Can we talk about the differences a little bit in those? Oh, yeah. I, I like where you're going with this. Uh, yes, you can do server rendering. So maybe maybe let's actually do that. Um, so yeah, we've, we've had server rendering for a little while. Um, server rendering was... Maybe before 2.0, yeah. That might have been a 1.0 thing. Yeah, so um, let's just look at an Astro config. Astro config is, is very simple. Um, this is just the one that came with. This is adding an MDX in integration that allows you to like have MDX pages. Uh, it's also adding a sitemap integration. What that do is it'll generate a sitemap.xml file. Um, this is all just came with the with the template, by the way. You can you can you know add as many integrations as you want. If you, I have a question. If you start a an Astro project without that blog template, does MDX come out of the box with it, or is that something you have to add? No, you do have to add MDX. Um, yeah, our MDX support is still like pre 1.0. We haven't. We've 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 had some issues, uh, some issues with with scaling in particular. So we haven't we're not ready to call that 1.0. Uh, gotcha. Still t TBD on like on like whether that will be built in or not. Uh, but yeah, Markdown is is comes by default. Astro comes by default. But uh, any other formats, you usually have to you have to install. Be something. added on top. Yeah. Got it. Uh, so yeah, so you, if there's this output property in the config, and you can set that to server. That basically enables server rendering, and a big thing we were we were shooting for when we developed this is that we wanted the experience of using Astro of developing an Astro website to feel the same, no matter whether you're building to static or, or server for the most part. And uh, we really wanted to, you know, we, we thought like a normal flow is like, hey, I'm just I'm gonna start off building a website. I'm just gonna use SSG mode, and then maybe down the line I find out, oh, actually. I need to run this page. I have like all these pages that need to be run in the server side because they need to access a database uh, in order to generate some, you know, HTML based off of, of, of state. Um, now all I need to do is go in and change this from static to server, and now I have a SSR website. But your your experience of like developing the site doesn't change at all. Like everything works the same. Um, so just by doing that, like I said, nothing's going to change here. Uh, but what will change is when I do a build, it's going to build. Uh oh, oh no, what did I do? Oh yeah, this is an error message. Good error message. Okay, great. Well, let me see if I let's just see if we get that in dev. Without an adapter, this is all coming back. Like this feels <laughs> so familiar with Spell. I, they did a lot yeah. of things very similar to the Spell API, so we use adapters. Yeah, yeah we we were inspired by Spell for a lot of things uh, for sure. Uh, anytime as like it's because I work on Astro anytime I see an error message I'm like oh no I just discovered a bug like I just assume it's a bug it's not in this case it's no it's not bonus. okay so we can add an adapter yeah <laughs> uh, if we do Astro MPX Astro add we can add an adapter so I'm going to add Astro.js slash Netlify 
we have a very, very slick process here. It's going to go through, install everything. It asks us, it's like, hey, we're going to update your, your file. I'm going to say yes. And oh, and it updates the file for you too. That is slick. It does, but it, it did not. It, it didn't. It, it didn't work. It didn't work here. Uh, I don't know why that is. It usually does. Uh, maybe it's because I, I had the file open. I'll give it yeah. credit for that. <laughs> At least it said it was going to. That's something, right? Um, okay. Yeah. Netlify. Um, I think I want to do. So, oh, you have to. No. Well, no. Actually, I think I don't think I do. Actually. You know, I'm the person who wrote the Netlify adapter, but I don't remember how to use it. So I'm going to look. Actually, I'm going to look at the documentation. Let's do that. Um, that's a good place to start. That's a good place. I know that's not my natural inclination, but yes. <laughs> my okay, so we have great docs, so I should do it more often. But as you can see, uh, it tells you exactly what, it, what you want to do. So I want to deploy this to Netlify functions. And so that will allow you to use serverless functions for any server endpoint, and then you can use yeah. Edge if you with yeah. the. Yeah, all you gotta do is switch this to Edge. It, is it was very like similar it. to uh, Svelte for that. Okay, good to know. Um, okay, just yeah. Extra config in the adapter, but. Yeah. So now we have a build. Hey, it worked. Yay. Um, we have a Netlify folder. It's got some files in here that you don't really need to worry about, but it's got all your posts uh, essentially ready to go for you. Um, compiled down. Um, and so, a question I always have too with that Netlify folder, is that something you check in to get, that's generated on build, right? So you probably don't need to check that in, right? I assume not. I'm, I'm not an expert on that thing, but that would be my inclination as well. I know that sometimes, I don't know if Netlify does. I know some uh, host will like have JSON files that they output, but I think usually the fact that it's a dot folder tells me, hey, don't check this in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's my thought. Um, so yeah, now you have a server rendered site. I might be able to preview this. I don't know if we have support for this. Let me just try. Ah, uh, we don't. Yeah. So we 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 added the we added the ability recently to an adapter can allow you to. There's this like preview command we have uh, that will allow you to like preview the the final build like using using Netlify in this case. So I think that is something you can do with the Netlify. You have the Netlify CLI. I was gonna I say you I can did. do it with that. Do you know? Do you know how? Netlify. Uh, build and then I think it's Netlify preview. Uh, ah, oh no. Yeah, I think it's, is it like Netlify? Uh, dash CLI is the CLI, yeah. And then you should be able that. to run Netlify space build and then Netlify space preview. Yeah. All right, let's try this. Of course, I'm get get hung in, in npm install for a while. Okay. I used to work at so, Netlify. Yeah, I, I, I oh, know. Oh no, you don't have to do the dash cli on the actual command. You should be able to run now just Netlify space build. Our NTL is short for Netlify too. Okay. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, cool. That did work. Awesome. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to get some. Some output, I think, here that you can safely ignore. Uh, let's see preview. Let's see if that does it. No, I did not mean. Pre no, I did not mean. Dev. Preview is not a Netlify command. Um, maybe it. Maybe it is dev. Let's try dev. Dev will run the local, and you can. It does give you a port to share that too. So I think that would. Is this running the source code though? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, this is just running my, my this is just running Astro. That's, that's how you do local development, but there's a way to do a live preview. Yeah. Um, if I were to install the Node.js adapter, I know that that supports preview. We, we could look at it that way, but that's yeah. not, that's not. That's an aside. Yeah. So let's, let's do this instead. Uh, we have a build, like we can deploy this to Netlify and, and get a site very quickly. Uh, but instead, I'm not going to do that. Another thing you can do is you can mark certain pages to be pre-rendered, which this is a new feature in 2.0. So I'm just going to create a, a new Astro file. 
I'm going to say page two exclamation mark. Um, and then just, just do a little bit of stuff. Try to be a good, good citizen and have all the white tags. Uh, I'm going to set my is English. Okay. So now I have a second page. Now, if I do a build now, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to have this Netlify folder. Um, a lot of a lot of files that I don't really know what they're doing, but they're doing stuff. <laughs> um, so actually, some of that might come from the dev command. Let me just remove that. Well, bit. you have the server option. So all of those are being generated. Each endpoint, each file is being generated as a serverless function in that Netlify yes. folder. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and so you were going into like the pre-rendering. And I think if we pre-rendered yes. that, then we shouldn't get a serverless function for them. It should just statically yes. generate the page. Right. So yeah, if we, if we do SSG, you won't get this. Uh, but you also can now in 2.0, as you can say, export const pre-render pre equals true. Um, and what that will do is just for this particular page, it will pre-render it. Um, all right, let's, let's see how this works. Okay, so as you can see in the output, it generated 2.html. Uh, so now if we go into our disk folder, we have 2 slash index.html. So we've- That's the static page rather than like those. Yeah, and then if we look at this, hopefully this did correctly. Yeah, it told us that the to route is going to route to uh, the HTML page, whereas all these other routes are going to go to this function that we generated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get you get this pre-rendering experience. So if you have, you know, uh, a common use case is like, you know, you have a dynamic website, you need SSR, but you have certain pages. Maybe maybe your landing page mm -hmm. or like non-logged in users. You know, you want to have a really fast experience there. It's basically your marketing page. Like you you might mark that as pre-render. Um, you know, pages that people visit not too frequently, you can mark as pre-render, uh, which kind of takes, allows your, you know, your your actual website that's running to handle like the important requests, the requests that actually do not be, do need dynamic data. Uh, and not that's a new feature from 2.0, right? Yes, yeah, pre-rendering is brand new. Um, See, so yeah, all, all you have to do is like mark it, mark it in your Astro file um, and you're able to do that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That I mean, I mean, it makes Astro a little more competitive with all of the other frameworks out there too. Where I think that was the yeah. one key piece that was kind of missing from Astro's right. puzzle, and now it's available. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let me see. I, I don't think it works in Markdown. I'm gonna try it. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not afraid to try things that might not work. Um, that would be cool if it did. We like to break things live. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think pre-rendering right now pre-rendering score is only for paid for Astro pages, um, which we'll get into content collections here in a minute. Is kind of the way we're moving is that most of your, like your markdown content is not going to be as its own top-level quote-unquote page, yeah. Uh, but it, but instead something that you like consume and you bring in, um, and because and because of that, those those will always be in Astro. Uh, files and you can pre-render those. So you still can actually pre-render uh, markdown content, but uh, just not if it's a top-level page. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how how you would do that if you do like an Astro, you, not a top-level page. Uh, okay. Yeah, we we can dive into that. Um, all right. So let's see. Let's see the best way to approach this. Um, yeah, so I guess we should talk about, let's talk about content collections. Does that yeah. sound, sound good? Yeah, so for example, here we have this about page, this about.md is a markdown file. It has a layout, it has a title, it has a description. Um, if we use that, let's let's kind of see the, kind of show the problem that, one of the problems that exists with, with markdown pages and kind of how content collections uh, seeks to solve that. So if we go back here, uh oh, oh, wrong port. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is my about page. So this is a markdown file. Okay. And so if we look at 
what's happening here is that it uses this blog post layout, right? So this blog post layout is getting, um, gets like all of the front matter items on the thing, on the markdown, the title, description, updated date, those all get passed as properties to Astro. Okay. Um, the way you access properties in, in Astro components is there's this astro.props, um, and that's going to have an object with all the properties that were that was passed in. And so here we have the title, description, publication date, updated date, et cetera. And we're just and that's using what that. dictates what each blog post should have. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we're using that uh, inside of inside of our inside of our template. So, for example, here's the title that's going there. Now, something you might do by mistake is you might, oops, I forgot to omit the title. Um, so what's going to happen there is that, am I on the right page? Or is the title not being used? Blog post? About? Do we have a title? No, we don't have a title. Uh, I guess the title is not actually used. Let me, let me fix that so it's a little bit. Oh yeah, there is the H1 title. Yeah, I just can't see it, so, of course. Uh, so anyways. Yeah, you remove the title in the front matter so it doesn't exist now. It doesn't exist now, exactly. So that's something that you know you might do by mistake. Um, you know, just you don't know what you're supposed to do. And you don't you know, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't know. Um, and so one thing content collection does is it, it allows you to define a schema uh, for, for like a collection of content, uh, markdown files, MDX files to start. Um, and so what we have here in this uh, blog index, let me just go back here, that's this page. Um, we have a list of blog posts, right? Um, and the way to do that is that we have this get collection call. Let me just make this a little bit prettier. Okay, so we're saying we want to get the blog collection. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is Astro has this special folder called content inside source. Um, and inside of that, there's a config file that you that you write. And so inside this config file, you get um, you can define a schema for uh, your page uh, or, or for, for this particular content. So in this this case, we're saying it has a title, it has a description, has a publication date, updated date, zero image. Um, and this is using a library called Zod, which is a, uh, a way to define, you know, to define type Types. schemas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it will actually, it will check it. it. It allows you to do transformation. So that way, you know, you can put a date in your, your, um, your front matter and that gets converted to an actual date object that you can use in your templates. Uh, it lets you do all that sort of things. That's a really, really, really fun library. Uh, but by defining the schema, now we have like we, we have type checking uh, inside of our um, inside of all of our content. So that way, when we go to this blog, let's see what happens here. We actually get a front. We actually get an error message. Um, I love these error messages. So this, these error messages are also new to Astro 2.0. Uh, we've redesigned that. We got, we got, we got. You got to have uh, um, dark mode with with every website nowadays, right? I know, right? And it's like um, right in the error message. That is, I mean, it's a really slick, nice UI, yeah. like GUI, to see that the error was there where before we we didn't know what was going on, right? We were lost. We were looking for the title. We couldn't tell what right. was happening. And now we right. have a nice, clear error message that the title is required. Tile is required. It's uh, this error, like it will send you to the documentation, sends you directly to content collections guide, which you know steps you through the process of learning how to use it. Um, it's got the post that's that's missing, so we we tr really try to clean up these error messages. Uh, but anyways, the important thing is you know that title is a required field, so you're you're never going to make that mistake again. So now you go to it and you're fine. The same thing if you go to the actual page. Um, uh oh. I probably, Did the server stop? Uh no, I'm sure I I'm sure I changed something that messed it up. 
Um, get collection blog posts. Looks that render. Let's see what. Wait, why? That's this can't be right. I think this is wrong. Let's do some live debugging here. Real quick. <laughs> this happens every single time you live code <laughs> to. It's just. It does. Yeah. Go oh, on. so we're not we're not getting past the prop, huh? Wonder if this should be. Now I'm really. Is it curious. because we're still on server rendered mode? I don't know. Oh, yes, that is exactly it. You're very smart. Uh, yeah, that is exactly it. Wow, you 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 really know Astro. Yes. <laughs> I have actually not used Astro in a project yet, but I've seen lots of things and I've wanted to try it out. So this is making me like really want to like dive in and try it more. I just. I think just a little bit of like maybe my Netlify knowledge is coming. Netlify and Spelt maybe. Yeah. Oh, you so do you write? You wrote a post about Astro, I believe, right? Or some documentation. I did do a brief like. Oh no, I did not. Um, that was Salma. Salma wrote oh, okay. a post about okay. getting started with Astro. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So appreciate that help. So yeah, <laughs> I, I said earlier that we tried to make um, static site mode and SSR mode as close as possible. One way that they are different is that in static mode, we have this special uh, X, whenever you have, you see the, this, this, um, this file here that has the dot, dot, dot in it. A dynamic uh, this, slug. Yeah, yeah, it's a dynamic route. Um, and so you can think about it that when you're building something, you know, you, ha you have this dynamic route. We wanna build, we wanna build several pages that all follow this uh, this structure and in static mode we need to know about those things at build time whereas in ssr mode like you know the user might it, it depends on what your url is right the user types whatever into the url you look that up in the database maybe you serve a 404 if it doesn't exist etc um, but in ssg mode we need to know up front so anyways that's why there's a special get stack paths and if people are familiar with um with uh, Next.js, they have the they have the same thing, um, and what that does is when we see this, Astro will actually call this function, and it's going to go ahead and get all of your posts, and then we're going to create a page for each one of these. Uh, Long-winded way of saying that is why it didn't work is because GitStack Paths is only in SSG mode. So maybe that's another way we can file an issue now and say that we need to update the error message instead of saying the render yeah. function didn't fire or whatever that said to say like. Are you running in server mode? These dynamic routes don't. I know. I I, I have a notepad here. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> um, no, you're, you're totally right. Or really, Astro. I think I think maybe what should happen here is Astro should see that there's this get static paths and be like, wait a second, like you don't need this in SSI. Yeah, it might, might should even warn you there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'll let you write that down. Here, you're yelling at me. Um, yeah. I uh. The only other thing I have, too, I'm wondering, were there any breaking changes? I know 1.0 happened fairly recently, too. So 1 and 2 came really close together. Were there breaking yes. changes? And is there an easy migration path, a command, or anything to help with that? Yes. Uh, do you, are you pressed for time? We, there's a couple more things we could talk about with uh, with content collections. but Oh, okay. To, yeah, yeah, okay. We got about That's 15 it. minutes. So Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I can get through this pretty quickly. Um, it, really, the the reason why I wanted to to do this is because like the whole one of the whole nice things about content collections is you get these like very nice um, in in VS Code gives you a very nice you know overlay. If you like look up a post, you can see all the properties. Yeah, you every, can. Get every post has a data. Is that the word? Intellisense, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then actually, if you go into the the schema where you define the schema, if you do a comment here, if you say like the date the post was updated, that will show up too. I think, yeah, you see. So anyways, it, it's a nice way to like document what you're doing and it makes it I'm much easier. It's like a little JS doc typing, like that's how JS yeah. doc does like the little comments. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, you get all that for free. That's a big thing. Like when you actually call this method, get collections. Like if you have several collections here, it's going to list all the collections that you have. Each one of those has their own schema. It's going to have the schema just for that particular collection. 
Um, so it just makes the experience of like working with data so much easier than it was in the past. Um, so we're very much looking forward to this. We're looking forward to like, I don't know, maybe content collections could live in a CMS. Uh, instead of having them all locally, maybe you have some of the CMS and, you know, we'd like to do the same sort of thing where you can define a schema for your, your CMS data. Uh, so anyways, we're, we're thinking about uh, yeah, and all that work. Maybe even like an integration with a CMS where it could auto-generate your schema locally for you or something along those lines. Yeah, and, and then the last thing about content collections is that um, in, in, I don't know how deep, I don't want to go too deep here, but in the past, there was a way to also have markdown files that you would kind of like bring in. And there was this method called astro.glob. Um, and what that did basically is it, it allowed you to like write a glob for a bunch of files and like get those. And you can do the same sort of thing where you're like creating like a list of posts. You could do the same sort of thing. But it had this issue where any, any files that you globbed, like you would bring in their styles as well. So if you had like say, I mean, MDX files, those MDX files imported, you know, some components, all the styles came with that. So even if you were only like listing post, you get all these, all the CSS on your page that you didn't actually need. Oh, um, okay. And content collection fixes that, is that um, we, we designed it in such a way that only if you call this render method and, and what this render method does is it creates a, a component for you uh, and then you use that component then the styles get added. But if you don't do that, like for example, on this, this page here, um, we're using a collection, but we're, we're just using it because so that way we can like, you know, display the title and the date and stuff. We're not actually rendering um, the markdown. So you don't, you don't get any of that in a, like we call it style. Bleeding. So anyways, yeah, that is. Awesome. That is the last thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we can talk about, you wanna talk about breaking changes? Yeah, I wanted to know like what the breaking changes were between one and two because they happen kind of close together. And then what does the migration path look like? Is there a command or anything that goes along with that? Yeah, so there were not a lot of breaking changes in uh, in 2.0. They're kind of probably the biggest thing is that we upgraded to V4. Um, and I can't I can't go over all the V changes, but you know, V4 V4 was actually a small change itself. It didn't yep. It didn't have a lot of breaking changes, so there's not a lot to worry about there. But you know, it is like it is a, a big thing that does change. I got um, a little uh, side tip. So we were trying to release Felt Kit mid December, and uh -huh. it was going to conflict with the V4 release. So the V core team and the Svelte Kit core team kind of overlap a little bit, and there's a lot of communication between them. And so we were able to get them to pull their release back, and then we were able to launch with V4. <laughs> Intel kit, so it was like a lot of stuff that happened there. Yeah, I don't know. For everybody, we we also have a, a beat a core team member on our our team. I don't know if you know Blue Bjorn. Yeah, Blue is oh. on the spell and yes, yep. that's right. I forgot that he what he does work on spell as well. So yeah, Blue Blue works with us too. Um, and so yeah, he's like Blue uh, is kind of everywhere. <laughs> He's yeah, he's a he's he's really brilliant. Uh, he's really great at like tr tracking down like weird issues and stuff. But anyways, he works he works for us, and so yeah, he's very invaluable. Anytime there's like something weird going on with V, he he figures it out. Uh, anyways, so yeah, beat beat four. Um, we dropped support for node node fourteen. Uh, node fourteen like LTS I think expires in March, so we thought it was a good time to go and do that. Yeah. Like we reserve the source content <laughs> folder name. So if you happen to have uh, that folder, uh, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, mostly small things. This looks like a long list, but that's just because our docs team is like very thorough. Um, most of these things are so tiny and you're, you're probably not using them. Um, there's a bunch of like legacy, legacy APIs that this is like zero Astro 0 0.26. We finally removed it. Um, and then the other thing, thing that's actually kind of nice, uh, this is a breaking change technically, but when we do a build, we'll just see, we'll see if we can do that real quick. Sarah's your docs team person. Yes. She's, yeah. She's amazing. Sarah's the lead. We have, but we have like so many people that contribute, um, particularly um, our international team is like so amazing. Like anytime, I, I know like, we were we were making some some like last minute changes 
uh, before 2.0 release, and you know, Docs is Docs is very quick, uh, but all the translations were updated so quick. I mean, amazing. How big is that whole Astro team in general now? Um, it's hard for me to say because we have some people work as contract. Like Sarah, Sarah's full time, but but she is technically a contractor. Um, I don't know, maybe like. 11 people there okay so still fairly small yeah yeah fairly small but we have like a couple full-time designers and stuff so we're, we're building out awesome um anyways yeah so i want to what point i want to make here is that uh, we now we now output to this underscore astro file okay. and so like any of your javascript or css gets put here um, and this is really nice because uh, we're going to work with different hosting providers like Grisil and Netlify, and we can we can actually tell them now for this underscore Astro file that can be cached forever, um, and so that basically just speeds up your website because the, the web browser never even needs to check to see if those files have changed because they'll, they'll never change because they're doing a they're lot hashed. of optimizations under the hood yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's that was that's technically a breaking change, but more than likely you don't need to know. Well, you you yeah. don't, don't you don't really care. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Spell IDE support. Oh no, where did you where do you see that? <laughs> it's uh, almost halfway through, a little below halfway through the list on the right. Oh yeah, what is that? Oh, see that this is something Blue did. I don't know what he did here, but yeah, if you requires a Svelte config. Oh yes, if you're using, if you if you do, or if you're using the Svelte integration, then you also need to have a Svelte config file. Um, because um, that's a Svelte requirement because of the Vite preprocess. Because it's a Vite template, and it probably just needs it for that library, that Vite preprocess. Sure. Yeah. To compile the spell. <laughs> I guess I. I don't. I don't. I'm not really. I, this is definitely. Something I just. I see did. spell and I. I jump on it. <laughs> this was an awesome overview. This is actually really exciting for me. I just started a new position at Pervy running the design system, oh, yeah. and so nice. I'm like looking at like docs changes we could make and like thinking about rebuilding the doc site. I. I like this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they do a really great job for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I think unless I missed anything, did we cover all of the 2.0 changes and like a little basics about Astro? Yeah, I think we pretty much got it. I mean, um, yeah, not not really sure what else really to say. Astro <laughs> two, like we just released it. We're we're like we've we've gotten a flood of new users, which is amazing. So oh, that's uh, awesome. We're a little little behind in our issues just because there's so there've been so many of them, but. Uh, not in a bad way. A lot of blog issues are just, you know, misunderstandings and stuff, but uh, well, we are. We're... Time... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to do that yet. Um, every time that you release something new, you're going to get new users and yeah. with new users comes new like issues and information that needs to get out in the world. Yeah. There's, there's always like, like things that, you know, experienced users know, but new users don't necessarily recognize. And that's actually an opportunity to be like, Oh, Hey, we need to document this better. Cause yeah. this is like, a, this is a behavior that people uh, don't just, you know, into it. So um, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. But anyway, that's that's great say, yeah, we've been releasing a lot of patches. I think we're up to like Astro 2.05 already or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still, we're still in the process of, of, yeah, really, you know, making sure two point, the 2.0 releases in a really stable place. Um, and then we're going to start looking at new features, you know, on 2.0, 2.1, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see what that is. Well, amazing. And I, I think like six months down the road, I would love to have you or someone else back on and see like where Asher is going. This was such an informative demo and watching you walk through all that. Really thank excited. you so much. Yeah, yeah really I really appreciate you, it. I think with that, we'll uh, transition over to perfect picks, which is what my screen went up there for. So uh, we have been talking about content collections, and I wanted to share the post that was written about content collection. It goes more into Zod and the TypeSafe markdown, how all of that works under the hood. Ben Holmes, really good friend. So go and check out that post. It's a great read. If you're interested more in how the content collections work. 
And then Matthew picked a TV show for us. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Okay. This is Last of Us. I bet a lot, bet a lot of your your uh, listeners and, and viewers already know about this, but I didn't. This is based on a video game that I, I didn't actually know about. Uh, but yeah, it's like kind of a it's like a post apocalyptic kind of zombie, but they're not really zombies kind of thing. Um, it's Are we very about like the Walking Dead kind of. It's got some of that vibes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they're not like they're not normal. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's spoiling to explain, but. They're not normal zombies, I would say. Okay. Uh, anyways, the show is like I, I I walked Walking Dead, and this is like more intense than that. Oh. Like, you're really on edge, yeah. Or I mean, that, at least for me. Yeah, uh, it, I, it may be too scary for me, but I definitely have to check it out. I'm really interested in this one, so yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, and thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you walking through all of that. I'd love to hear more and excited for where Astro's going and the progress that the team has made with such a small team is just incredible. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you all next time.